Blog Talk Radio. There is a watchman on the wall, bringing forth the written word of God to one and all. Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchman on the wall. Listen to the watchman on the Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Great to be with you today. We have a full packed word to deliver today from many different directions. And so let's get right to it. Number one, we know what happened in the attempted recall of Governor Newsom in California failed. He is still in a position of power. Uh, Whatever that means to the people of California, so be it. We're going to let it rest right there. But that is the news. There was an attempted recall to get rid of the governor of California, and it has failed Uh, by very large numbers. So the Democratic far-left community in California and those that are more just Democrats have voted to keep this man in power, and they have. And so we'll see what that's all about and what that means in the days ahead. But uh, there's a lot more to get into here today. I've got a prophecy that I'm going to read to you from a friend of mine that joined me on the air many, many years ago. Uh, His name is Chris, and we're going to share. He sent this to me a few days ago, and I finally had a chance to just peruse it a little bit, just lightly look over it, but I looked at it and thought, man, that's the word of the Lord for sure. So uh, I'm going to share it with you. You be the judicial judge on that. Uh, Before I go any further, I certainly want to wait for people to join the broadcast so I can say to them, uh, thank you. Uh, to Jim, and I'm not going to mention any last names, uh, to Jim and to Charlotte and to uh, Mr. Carey and a number of other people that really would not want me to mention their names that have been giving their donations uh, to the ministry. And I just wanted to say thank you to each one of you who are giving from the goodwill of your heart and you're being led by the Spirit of the Lord. And I want to ask the Lord 
for everybody that has given to this radio ministry. And I just want to say thank you. And regardless of the number of people that are doing so or the amount that is being given, I just want to say thank you for taking, you know, precious time going through these Internet, you know, things and having to put information and then send something off. Um, God bless you. And thank you for doing it. And thank you for uh, just taking the time out to, to do and send. Uh, I can think of some other people's names that I, I just don't want to mention over the airwaves that have just given. They've just given, and I want to say that every single one of you that have, uh, again, may the Lord bless you, and may he multiply your seed that you have sown into this hundredfold ministry, because that, will, that is what it was prophesied to be by prophets of God, that we are a hundredfold ministry, black dirt, gold shovel, the whole picture in the prophetic word, and I'm just asking God that as you sow into the ministry, that there's seed, there's time, and then there's harvest. And I want to ask the Lord to bless your harvest and to bring forth a hundredfold blessing in your life and to meet every area of your life. The Bible actually teaches that he will multiply, and this is the New Testament, he'll multiply your seed sown. So whatever you've sown, he's going to multiply that seed and increase the fruits of your righteousness. So when we're sowing into the kingdom, there is not just a financial blessing and return on that investment, but we also know that God increases the fruits of righteousness, which means that the blessing of the Lord goes far beyond just the uh, financial transaction there. He blesses the fruits of your increase. I'm going to ask the Lord to do that for you. That's in the book of Corinthians. You can find that word. I'm not making it up. And it would be remiss on my part not to pray for you that God will do what he said he will do in your life when you sow into the kingdom. And we are a kingdom ministry. We truly believe that we are doing the will of God. And we're asking that those of you who do give will receive a great blessing. And when it happens, let us know. We would just love to hear the blessing on your life. And sometimes it's that patient waiting because, again, the principle is seed. Time, harvest. And we like the seed and we like the harvest, but we don't really like the time in between. But how many of you know that God is always right on time? He is perfect in his timing. He's setting things up. And there's some glorious things that the Lord is going to do. And I'm just praying in agreement with you and thanking you for sowing into the ministry. And um, God bless you. We appreciate it and value every gift. In Jesus' name. Now, I want to get into this because I have a word to share out of the, out of the Bible, which I've been in most of the morning this morning. And I've got this word from Chris. Uh, he sent this, and uh, I need to read it to you. And then I received some other input and information today that we need to know what's happening. Uh, we know that Hurricane uh, or the Tropical Storm Nicholas is bringing a lot of rain, more flooding, but when I turned on the, the Weather Channel this morning, I noted that they are concerned about L95 and L96. Again, two more potential hurricanes spinning off the coast of Africa, the Cape Verde part of Africa. And then the other information that we received this morning about what's going on over there as well is going to be intensified. So I've got a lot to share. There's much happening. We have been going out on a, uh, you know, on a kind of a limb, but not necessarily a, a, a riggedy one. 
uh, to tell people you really do need to pay attention to the signs. Do you remember yesterday I said that we have this five-month window to prepare, but God is going to get ready because God is going to begin to show you that that need for preparation is not make-believe, that there are going to be other things happening. If you listen to yesterday's broadcast, you'll understand what I'm saying. And all of a sudden today we have these massive realities, including warships from China in the Alaskan waters, getting about 46 miles from our territory, if you will, in the United States of America. So uh, without further delay, again, thank you for your giving to the ministry. It means a lot to us, and it is a blessing. And so praise the Lord. We'll talk about the Feast of Tabernacles before we get off the air. So here is a prophetic word, and this was titled, The Land Vomits. The Land Vomits. It's a word on God's judgment, and it's coming from Chris, okay? So here it is. The intensifying disasters and weather patterns that we are witnessing is just a hint of what is to come. The world calls it climate change, but in reality, it is the judgment of God on this world for sin. I concur 1,000%. That's the truth of God Almighty. So listen carefully. I know you're busy out there. I know some of you are in transit. Tune in right now to this word. Listen carefully, okay, because the things of the kingdom of God are more important, and I know you have to be busy and diligent. May God give you the Godspeed you need to get everything done, but listen carefully. Many nations throughout history have experienced God's judgment for their sins, from plagues, pestilence, famine, and plunder, God has always been faithful in his word to warn nations of what is to come if they continue in sexual immorality and the killing of the innocent. This should not come as a surprise to anyone who has studied scripture. Jesus said that these judgments would intensify in the last days. Then he said to them, and I'm quoting Luke 21, 10 and 11, Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and in various places, famines and pestilences. And there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. In Leviticus chapter 18, the father spoke to Moses in detail about the sexual sins that would bring eventual ruin to a guilty nation. Among them were homosexuality, adultery, incest, bestiality. At the end of the chapter was another barbaric practice that God warned would not go unpunished. And I'm quoting Leviticus 18:21. you shall not give any of your children to offer them to Molech and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. The sanctioned killing of children, which are the most innocent in society, is a nation's worst offense in the eyes of the Lord. In fact, the killing of innocents is so evil in God's sight that the only way to atone could be made under the law for such a crime was by killing the murderer. So again, the only way atonement could be made under the law of Moses for such a crime, killing babies, children, was by killing the murderer. Listen to this scripture in Numbers 35, 33. 
You shall not pollute the land in which you live, for blood pollutes the land, and no atonement can be made for the land, for the blood that is shed in it, except by the blood of the one who shed it. So we have thousands and thousands of abortion doctors who have shed the innocent blood. Can you imagine? I've never heard that scripture before that there is no atonement for the shedding of innocent blood except for the murder of the people that murdered the babies. Wow, is that an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth? You say that's the Mosaic law. It is, but I want to stop somebody right now and say, well, that's under the law, and I want to remind you about Hebrews chapter 10, okay? I believe it's verses 28 to uh, 30, where God says, oh, i got to read it, okay? And then we'll get back to this. You've got to keep this in your mind when we're studying scripture. You always have to remember these things. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 10. <clears throat> we know that's New Testament. And here's what it says in verse 28. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. That's Moses' law. This is the new covenant writer in the book of Hebrews talking about people who died when they despised the law of Moses or broke it, okay? Of how much sorer punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who has trodden underfoot the Son of God and has counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing. So in other words, the writer of Hebrews doesn't say, well, that was the law of Moses, so you could commit the same sin and have a lesser punishment. No, totally opposite. He said under the law of Moses, things were really bad if you did these things. But the new covenant, despising the blood of Jesus Christ, committing the same sin, you would get worse punishment. Because you're a Judeo-Christian nation, you're not excused from the wrath that would come by the law you have a sorer punishment coming upon you, which that sorer punishment, in my opinion, is not only the disaster that will hit the land, but the eternal destruction of one's soul. All right, we're talking about hell and eternal damnation and eternal death. That's super important to understand. Don't ever think just because we're under a new covenant that we could commit the same sins that were under the old covenant and get away with it. No, there's always mercy and forgiveness, but when you get into the shedding of innocent blood and you do it over and over to the tune of 90 million innocent babies' blood shed, uh, there's no atonement for the land. There is no atonement except to murder the murderers. Wow, what does that mean? You got 90 million people set up in America that are going to have to die the death in order to bring atonement to the land. And if there is no atonement for the land, the destruction keeps coming on it. It never ends. Okay, so let's go a little bit deeper into this word. When a nation collectively participates in and sanctions the killing of children, whether born or unborn, God holds that entire nation responsible for allowing its citizens to commit such atrocities. And it's so weird that we're not seeing the mass murder of innocent babies as an atrocity we're seeing it as a legal right for a woman to have a right over her body. It's insanity, but we get it, okay? We get it from God's perspective. Now, 
There is no greater sin committed against the innocent than murder. The sins outlined in Leviticus 18 were such an abomination in the eyes of the Lord that he warned Moses, and here's Leviticus 18, 24 and 25, and I quote, Do not make yourselves unclean by any of these things. For by all these, the nations I am driving out before you have become unclean, and the land became unclean, so that I punished its iniquity, and the land vomited out its inhabitants. So the land itself becomes so polluted by such acts that it begins to turn against its inhabitants and vomits them out through plagues, pestilence, famine, and war. We've talked about how the earth convulses and vomits out, right? So this is a, another confirmation of what the word of the Lord says. We, what we are reading in God's word are the physical consequences for a nation violating these moral laws. The consequences remain unchanged to this day, and no amount of grace will spare a nation that does not collectively repent. And again, the repentance, the atonement for the land in this case, would be the death. Or we could say that Jesus Christ, his death, could make an atonement, but if the people don't turn to Jesus Christ for the atonement, then there is no other atonement. So the only atonement that could atone for the mass murder of innocent blood in our land has been rejected, okay, because they would have stopped doing it because repentance is confessing, turning, receiving atonement, mercy, forgiveness, and then doing it no more. Well, that's not happening, okay? There's just a battle going on. Now, the land itself, again, becomes so polluted by such acts that it begins to turn against its inhabitants and vomits them out through plagues, pestilence, famine, and war. What we are reading in God's words are the physical consequences for a nation violating these moral laws. The consequences remain unchanged to this day, and no amount of grace will spare a nation that does not collectively repent. So the writer of this, Chris, says, when I first began writing this letter, California was suffering from extensive wildfire damage. That seemed to be only intensifying. People in Lake Tahoe and never experienced anything like it before. As I continued writing, Hurricane Ida was destroying parts of Louisiana and eventually worked its way up to New York and New Jersey. A total of 68 people lost their lives. In the days following these disasters, the national conversation began shifting towards climate change and what mankind was going to do about it. It is clear and has been for many years that the world carries a false notion that it has control over the weather and disasters. I am reminded of what David wrote in Psalms. It says in Psalm 89, verse 9, You rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. While the nations continue to plot in vain against the Lord's judgment, God will continue to be faithful and warn the inhabitants of what is to come if they do not repent. Nearly 20 years ago, the Spirit of God revealed to me that the leaders of nations would double down on their strangulation of freedom and liberty as God's judgments intensified. In their arrogance, they would blame human industry and enterprise for polluting the land when in reality the land was vomiting out the inhabitants because of the pollution of sin. You never fully understand the true evil of a nation until you have seen its women gather together protesting their right to kill 
the unborn. As I reach the end of writing this letter, the state of Texas passed an abortion law, which would effectively make it illegal for women to kill their unborn beyond six weeks of pregnancy. To make matters worse for women who have nothing better to entertain than the killing of their own flesh and blood, the U.S. Supreme Court refused to hear a case regarding the constitutionality of this law. While I certainly applaud the state of Texas for taking such a bold step, it is not enough. Six weeks of conception is still conception in the eyes of God. Women devoid of conscience try to make excuses for killing the unborn, but the Spirit of God bears witness against them. There is not even one reason God will accept for taking the life of the unborn. Many women have argued that being raped is a justification for killing the unborn, but I assure you that the Lord does not see it that way. The Lord expects a woman to bring the baby to term and either care for the baby as a mother should or place the baby in the care of adoptive parents. Let me be clear. There is no substitute for this process, said Chris. Unfortunately, killing the unborn is not going away. The demonic forces ruling Western countries are too powerful to just cower in defeat. Not only are there millions of people who tolerate this barbaric behavior, but they also encourage and promise it like it is a bona fide human right. Until God places all things under his feet, we will continue to see the worst of mankind increase, and even more so when the man of lawlessness is revealed. He will take the shedding of innocent blood to an entirely new level, but the Lord of hosts will bring him and all his followers to a swift destruction. Okay, so that is the beginning of a conversation that we're having right now um, about things going on today. I think it was an excellent article, and I want to thank Chris for sending it. And uh, always, uh, I'll have him back on the radio, by the way. We'll be doing some interviews here pretty soon. Uh, This came to me earlier as well. All right, this is a big kahuna right here. Um, This is just happening. And this came out on, uh, let's see, yesterday, 914. It's the in Vulcan, okay, the in Vulcan warned that sooner or later there will be a volcanic eruption on La Palma. Now, the article says the National Geographic Institute has reported that during the early hours of this morning, that was Tuesday, yesterday, there have been more than a hundred seismic movements on La Palma, one of which has a magnitude of 3.9 and was detected in the municipality of El Paso. This earthquake, which was felt by the population at 6 a.m., was located at a depth of just nine kilometers. Three movements of 3.1 magnitude were also detected this morning. So these seismic movements come the day after the Canary Islands Special Plan for Civil Protection and Attention to Emergencies Due to Volcanic Risk, which is Pavolka, activated the yellow traffic light for volcanic risk, which is the second level of alert on a scale of four at the Cumbra Viaja de La Palma due to the increase in activity in earthquakes. All right, so they have the article here and they show the paperwork and all of that. The director of the Volcanic Surveillance Area of the Volcanological Institute of the Canary Islands in Vulcan, Luca D. Oria, explained in an interview with COPE, the Canaries, that La Palma is an active volcano. So sooner or later, there will be an eruption. However, it could be in a week 
in a month or in 50 years' time. We just can't tell, he said. In the last century, there were two eruptions, and without a doubt, we must be prepared for the next one, as even though we don't know when it will happen or how intense it will be. The big increase in activity in the last few days makes the probability much, much higher. He added that there are not yet many elements to make an accurate forecast in the medium or long term. We will have to wait for the next few days to see how it evolves. Although he acknowledges that on Saturday there was a change in Cumbre Viaja that indicates a process of magmatic ascent to shallow depths compared to previous years. All right, so that is the article. Now, I know that runs a lot deeper um, in, in some of the things that were being said there. Let me find this real quick. Okay, so we'll start with that one. Uh, let's see if that's the same exact one, and I think it was. It shows all of the issues that were happening. So that is the article, but uh, we're going to have someone call in in just a little bit and explain a little bit more um, about some more intense things concerning this volcano because of a breaking off of parts of the island, which we're going to talk about in just a moment. Now, another issue going on is that Chinese warships approach Alaska, okay, as U.S. Navy increases presence in the South China Sea. So, according to the Coast Guard, revealed a significant incident involving Chinese military vessels coming near American waters off Alaska. While the incident was first divulged to the public on Monday, it happened at the end of August. No less than four People's Liberation Army Navy ships were spotted and shadowed by U.S. vessels off Alaska's Aleutian Islands, including a guided missile destroyer and guided missile cruiser, as well as an intelligence-gathering vessel and auxiliary ship. They stayed in international waters but came within the United States' exclusive economic zone. During the deployment, Berthoff and Kimball observed four ships from the People's Liberation Army operating as close as 46 miles off the Aleutian Island coast, the Coast Guard statement said. While the ships were within the U.S. exclusive economic zone, they followed international laws and norms and at no point entered U.S. territorial waters. The statement further said the Chinese vessel conducted military and surveillance operations during their employment or deployment to the Bering Sea and North Pacific Ocean. All right, so a U.S. Coast Guard source was later cited in a media report confirming that the Chinese ships were present in the U.S. EEZ, or the Exclusive Economic Zone, which extends far off the Alaskan coast from August 29th to September 1st. All right, so despite at one point coming to within about 46 miles of the U.S. island off Alaska, the Chinese Naval Task Force stayed within international waters. So again, this is something people are paying attention to. You have the Chinese ships getting very close and they are armed and they are doing their maneuvers, collecting intelligence. So whatever that is all about, we're going to find out real soon. Okay. So having said all that, and again, I, uh, my, I want my brother Bill to call me here and tell a little bit more about the Canary Island earthquake things that are going on there. So if he gets a chance, Bill, if you get a chance to call in what you shared with me this morning, I would really appreciate that. I think our listeners 
need to understand uh, what that is all about. So either I could get into the word, which I definitely want to get into it. I know today we're talking about doctrines of demons, lying spirits. We're going to talk about once saved, always saved, as we have time. But I need to get this other information out in some other serious business, and our salvation is most serious. But let me just make sure that I can get a phone call coming in here. And let's take this. I want to talk to Bill right now who's called in, shared this information. Listen very carefully. Let me make sure that I have everything running in my audio just the way it needs to be. And then I'm going to bring Brother Bill into the broadcast. And so let me do that right now. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast, Bill. What did, uh, just share what you shared with us today on the, uh, as we were having a conversation about this issue. Well, Pastor, what they're talking about, and there are several uh, earthquake and geological uh, uh, companies or whatever that were discussing the La Palma Island, they said that if that earthquake triggers uh, uh, a, a volcano, that a section of the island the size of Manhattan will fall off into the ocean. And they said when it does... It will create a tsunami that will hit the east coast of the United States from, from Nova Scotia to the tip of Florida. They said it will also hit the northern part of Brazil. But let's focus on the United States. They said it would hit the United States with a 100-foot-high wall of water within six hours of the earthquake and the, and the chunk of London falling off. And miles inland would be wiped out. FEMA has said that if that happens, they figured 29 million Americans will die uh, uh, from, from, you know, the, 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 the top of down from Nova Scotia to the tip of Florida, and all those major cities along the coast will be wiped out. Any of the, the uh, rivers or the arteries, uh, tributaries, that go into the ocean that back up Anybody that lives near them will be totally flooded out also. So they're, they're talking that you have a six-hour window. Once it happens, you've probably got a two-hour window to get out of Dodge because the highways and freeways and gas stations will be all plugged up. Now, I'm not familiar how, with how big Manhattan is, but I know you are because you're from that area. But uh, they said that when it falls off into the ocean, it'll fall off at a speed of over 200 kilometers per hour and cause that that tsunami amazing you know as you were telling me this story this morning i had just been reading the what i'm going to be sharing out of the scriptures here any moment now talking about the the, the large waves um you know what what is coming uh upon our nation we'll see exactly what the word of god says about it um you know this five month time frame that we have to get prepared you and i had a conversation uh, that that seems to be something that is really coming from the throne of heaven to God's people, that they really do need to get things buttoned up within this uh, these next few months, if not sooner. What are your thoughts about that? Well, I find it ironic that, uh, that uh, there are two hurricanes off of the coast of Africa that could be coming this way. And, of course, the Canary Islands and La Palma are off the coast of Africa. So I find it ironic that you have the potential for a massive tsunami and two hurricanes backing it up, the, the, the sins of this country, uh, uh, the sins of our, our lack of leadership at the top uh, uh, with, with General Milley, 
chairman of the joints and, and, and the other uh, uh, chairmen of uh, uh, the military uh, and, and, and the guy that's acting president, Commander Kamala, all of them, the things that they're doing and allowing to happen, and then, of course, what happened out in California with Newsom, uh, uh, God is not going to turn a blinded eye. Yes, he is. Okay, uh, we got a little disconnect going on with Bill. Yeah, he is. You know, you mentioned the number 29 million, that they said something about 29 million people would die when this happens, if it were to happen. And immediately, that's one third of the 90 million innocent babies that was killed. And the only way to bring atonement is to murder the murderers. Um, or there is no atonement, and we'll just see God's divine retribution uh, poured out on a nation that has rejected the one who could give it atonement, Jesus Christ, through the shedding of his blood. So we have a, uh, a nation that's running rampant right now, out of control, totally contrary to the laws of nature, morality, and God Almighty, uh, most importantly. So, yeah, very good. Thank you for sharing the information. I appreciate it deeply. Well, Pastor, if I, if I yes. say one more thing, you sure. made a comment where it said that he would murder the murderers, okay? Where, where do those laws come from that, that, that allow that to happen? Washington, D.C. That will be right in the middle of that tsunami. It'll be wiped out if it happens. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Washington, D.C. is, you know, with maybe within this time frame that we're in those five months, I'm not sure, but it will be decapitated. It will be taken out. There's no doubt about it that there's going to be a great strike against the heart of the United States of America. Most likely that heart could be the heartland or the heart that's kind of the federal government area. So we know that's coming. Uh, we know that prophecy will be fulfilled. We know that these things are on the way. And we're, again, we're seeing just such a ramping up of so many different things. We're going to stay calm. We're going to stay cool. We're going to keep uh, cooler minds prevail, they say. So we're going to stay in the mind of Christ. But I'm going to get into the Word of God right now and kind of confirm everything you just said. Awesome. Amen. All right, brother. Well, thank you. God bless you. We appreciate it. That's Bill going off the on. Now, before I go any further, got another call coming in. Looks like Pastor Ken Wagner is calling in. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. Pastor Ken, how are you today, sir? Well, good morning, sir. I am just doing fine. Praise the Lord for that. He's Amen. always good. Amen. Yes. Amen. Hey, I just want I, I'm, a number of years back. There was a study done on just what uh, Bill was talking about. And they did all the studies on that, the, one of the islands out there that is, uh, had had numerous earthquakes before. And it shook most of the island, and part of the island went into the sea. Um, they said the next big earthquake that comes about, the rest of the island, the whole island, uh, side of a mile of the island is going to go right into the sea. And they did studies on this one in detail, and they said the wave could be as high as 800 foot, not 100 that Bill was talking about. They said if it's a massive earthquake that uh, comes from that volcano going off, the, they said the wave could be up to 800 foot high coming against the whole eastern coast of the United States. So that would, I just wanted to add that on to what Bill had said. So it could be much higher than the 100 foot they talked about as well. 
depending upon the severity of the earthquake that follows from the volcanic eruption. Wow, that's humongous, no doubt about it. That's absolutely amazing. Uh, nobody, nobody outruns an 800-foot wave coming at 200 miles an hour. It just doesn't happen. You're right. You're right. Unless you're in an airplane. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it, it, you know, we, we see all these programs about, you know, what would happen if and what would happen if. And I think the if is really getting eradicated and erased right now in the days that we're living in. Um, I, I sense that we're going to see, uh, if, if just in days, we're talking in days, because I really believe that God needs to encourage his kids who are even examining these things, looking at these things. He really needs to encourage those who are seeking him that have an ear to hear and eye to see and a heart to understand what time it really is. And I believe that one of the witnesses, particularly to those who are tuned into this broadcast, who heard what we said yesterday, that is just going to bring an evidence, a confirmation. You really do need to get ready. And now I'm going to get into this word, Pastor Ken, that God just woke up this morning with this, and it just seemed to confirm everything we've been talking about, and it's coming directly out of the word of God. It is a now word. And uh, so thank you for sharing your thoughts and comments. I appreciate it deeply. Just one thought, one thought more on here, and that's the fact of course. that thank, thank God that he's put us in a zone that is kind of immune from those kinds of things. He's put us into a safety zone here in northwest Arkansas, and, uh, and I really appreciate him putting together the scenario where we all have come up here into this area where it is a very relatively safe zone from all of those kinds of disasters that are going to be coming forth. You know, you bring up an excellent point. It's a miraculous knitting together of the hearts of men and women that have been drawn by the Holy Spirit into this region out of nowhere. People are here that didn't even know this place existed, but the Spirit of the Lord has brought them to this amazing refuge, and we thank God for it. We need to keep it clean uh, because the uncleanness in the land is a problem with the Father. That's why he gets rid of things. So uh, we have a job to do as an ecclesia in this region, no doubt about it, keeping things moving in the right direction and praying things that are not right out. And that really is the job of all Christians and denominations and, and different churches in the region. They need to come together as one new man in the earth, rallying around the cross of Jesus Christ and asking the Lord to keep his moral, natural, and biblical laws alive in this place to keep the evil out. And that is important. And I think that'll be in all the Goshens around the world. Amen, Pastor Ken. Thank you so much, sir. I appreciate you. Amen. God bless you. And God bless you very much. All right, before we move forward, we've got another call coming in from area code 219. I think this is our brother Don. Good morning, Don. How are you, sir? Good. How are you, Pastor? Looks like you're losing some weight there. <laughs> yeah, I did a little 21-day thing a couple of weeks ago, and thank you. That or I just left my hair wet. I don't know what the difference is. <laughs> Well, I just wanted to add a little bit on that uh, on that uh, La Palma thing. Okay, the Canary Island. Like, uh, okay. Yeah, it looks like a they're gonna have a they have a 13 day threat level on that on uh, that thing going off. And what's interesting about it is you're not seeing anything about it in the mainline press. Nothing. So I don't think they plan on warning folks if this thing goes off, uh, and they won't have time to get out of those cities. It's just going to be mass chaos 
I thought that was interesting because it's not being reported anywhere other on uh, specific Internet sites, and it does coincide uh, with that area and with that area's website, Canary Island website. So there's definitely a threat here, and it looks like a very dire threat. So I just thought I'd weigh in on that. Yeah, and, you know, Don, as I as I was sharing with Bill and uh, Pastor Ken, that we are uh, going to be looking at Scripture right now. When when I read, when I was up with this this morning, and I'm here, and then got all this information, it's just like it connects hand in glove, and uh, all the potential threats facing our nation from terrorism uh, to earthquakes to fires to famines to hurricanes to tidal waves and tsunamis. I mean, the amount of threat against our nation is not coming from men. These threats, like the word that I read at the beginning from Chris, this is God's judgment on our nation for the shedding of innocent blood and all the other crimes that we've committed against him and offended the almighty mind of God almighty. Wrong decision. You know, I had a guy yesterday tell me that the biggest murderer in, US, in history of the world is the God of the Bible. Uh, he said the God of the Bible is the greatest murderer in the history of the world. He was very angry at God. But what is forgotten is that God is a God of justice. He is not a murderer. He executes righteous judgment upon those who have been evil against him and against humanity. And so all of these things that potentially can strike our nation are vindicated and validated and uh, they, they, it's like the angel that looks up to God in Revelation and says, after all the wrath is being poured out, he says, you have every right to do what you're doing. You have every right to do what you're doing. So, Don, it's coming. Amen. Okay, we're going to move on. Don, thank you. Anything else in your heart before we go? No, well, what's interesting at, at this time of judgment which obviously the United States is going, every unrepentant United States is going through. Uh, it was falling in line with the fact that this destruction and this particular judgment that's coming on up next, it would come from God. And that uh, Canary Island thing, uh, that definitely would be something that God did. So I think yeah. we should all yeah. keep that in mind. Amen, brother. Amen. So uh, with that being said, Don, I'm going to shift right now into a little Bible prophecy and see if what I was reading this morning is lining up with what you guys are all talking about today. And so uh, thank you for the call. Stay tuned. And, uh, and if any time we need to bring everybody back into the broadcast and have a conversation and talk about this, we certainly can. And so thank you for calling in. I appreciate you. And God bless your heart, my friend. Appreciate you very much. Um, now. Here's the thing that we want to look at, okay? Um, you may have heard what I'm about to read many times. I have friends that do not, no longer live in the United States because of the chapter in the Bible that I'm about to read to you. They have moved out of this country a long time ago. I want you to know that. And they were led by the Spirit. They were godly men. And they took their families and they went down and built in different communities and different places and other countries around the world. And um, this was a very loud conversation years ago. Uh, there was some confusion and misunderstanding because it's Old Testament Bible prophecy and how could it have legs on it today. But uh, let me read this to you, okay? This is a, a reading that I'm going to share with you. And there's two ways to look at this. Number one, 
well, if God did this back then for people that committed such crimes, why wouldn't he do it again? So in other words, we could just look at this prophecy that I'm about to read as a template, okay, or a precedence um, how God moves, because we know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God has not been through an anger management class. He hasn't changed. Grace hasn't changed him. He's always been the God of grace and mercy and love and who he is, but he's a just God, no doubt about it. So we could read this prophecy and just say, yep, this is the template. This is how it works. You do this, this is what you're going to get. Regardless if you're under an old covenant or a new covenant, if you're under the new covenant and you do this, you get sorer punishment than you did under the old covenant. That is super important to remember and understand. So let me read out of Jeremiah chapter 51. Jeremiah chapter 51. Another way of looking at this is wherever I use the, the, the word or the name Babylon, I'm going to insert America. Why am I going to do that? Because I believe that what God has written thousands of years ago against Babylon, that America fits the description perfectly. And you be the judge of that. And if it does, if the United States of America today kind of fills the MO, okay, of, of this prophecy, then we have to take heed to it and understand what is coming. Now, remember everything that was just said so far in the last 45 minutes of this broadcast, okay? And then we're going to talk about salvation, hopefully, before we get off the air. So, Jeremiah chapter 51, I want to begin in verse 1. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up against America, Babylon, America, and against them that dwell in the midst of them that rise up against me. Now, you got to ask, is there, is there a group of people that have risen up against the Lord in America? Yes. And what does God say he's going to raise up? He said, I'm going to raise up against America, Babylon, a destroying wind. A destroying wind. Now, we're seeing hurricanes. We're seeing all these things. But the word destroy is the shakah in the Hebrew, and it means to ruin, to destroy, to spoil. It is a destroyer. It is something that brings ruin and rot and injury, and he's bringing what? A destroying wind, and that word wind there is the ruach. And so it's literally talking about the wind, the breath, the mind, the spirit, spiritually speaking, but it also speaks of something that will empty out. It talks about the air. It talks about, um, you know, violent emotion. Uh, it talks about, um, oh, let's see, a little bit further, a blast of air, okay? So a whirlwind, a whirlwind. So God says to Babylon that he's going to raise up a destroying wind. And verse 2 says in Jeremiah 51, and, I, and will send unto America, Babylon, America, and will send unto Babylon fanners <clears throat> that shall fan her and shall empty her land. Now, a fanner is a zor, okay? And what it actually means, a foreigner. I'm going to send foreigners 
strange and profane, okay, I'm going to bring these strange, profane foreigners into the land to do what? I'm going to bring the fanners that shall fan. And the word fan there is the zara, a little bit different, and it means to scatter, and it means to toss about, it means to winnow. And so you have this idea that God is bringing foreign, profane nations into the land to disperse it, to, to diffuse it, to toss it about. So there's internal turmoil coming to Babylon, America. Remember, Babylon was sitting as a proud nation, ruler over the world. We're going to see a, an exact description. But all of a sudden, God is sending. Who is sending? God is sending a destroying wind. He's sending the fanners that are going to fan. And what are they going to do to Babylon? They shall empty her land. They shall empty. They shall baka. And that word empty means to make void. It means to cause to lie waste. It talks about uh, to depopulate. In the Hebrew definition, it literally says figuratively to depopulate. Wow. So we talk about a depopulation events that are coming, biblically speaking, in the book of Revelation. Well, there it is, the Baca. God is sending fanners to depopulate. How? Through terrorism, through detonation of nuclear weapons, dirty bombs, or some other form of terrorism, whatever it may be. Uh, we have biological weapons coming out of China. We know that everybody is just ripe for destruction in the land of Babylon and here in America. So verse uh, 2 goes on to say, I'll empty her land. For in the day of trouble, they shall be against her round about. Now, the day of trouble is the raw. It means the bad day. It means the displeasing day. It means the worst of days, the unhappy days, the distressful days, the misery days, the days of injury and calamity. And it goes on and on with all this negativity, a really troublesome time. And I don't know if you're watching or looking or listening to what's going on in America, uh, maybe not in your home or in your little secure environment, but all over this country. There are people that are suffering dearly. And again, it's been going on for 20 years. We are not saying this is all new. This has been going on for 20 years. These beginning of sorrows upon a nation whose time has come. I mean, it's been beginning of sorrow, anguish for 20 years. Now we're getting to the end as the judgment is coming closer for the woman to go into an acceleration of intensified birth pangs. And that's what we see coming at this point. So what will be in the day of trouble? They shall be against her roundabout. The enemies of America are without and within. They're surrounding this nation. It is the wolves that are coming upon that lone you know, uh, caribou or whatever, and they're surrounding it and they're getting ready. They're moving in for the kill of what's happening. Verse 3 goes on to say, against him that bends, let the archer bend his bow. And against him that lifts himself up in his brigadine. And spare ye not her young men, destroy ye utterly all her hosts. So the archers of Babylon, which simply means if you're an archer, you're the Darak, 
and it means one that marches, one that treads. It talks about uh, stringing a bow, uh, you know, an archer. And then it says, let them bend their bow, okay? So there's a, there's a war coming. And you know in Revelation chapter 6, the very first seal that opens is the man who's riding the white horse and has a bow in his hand, okay? We have identified that rider in Revelation chapter 6 as the what they called Al-Qaeda on 9-11-2001, Al-Qaeda meaning the base or the foundation or the beginning of sorrows. The word bow actually carries the toxin in the Greek that literally means a woman in travail or to bring forth or to produce. And we know that that seal that opened on 9-11-2001 was the beginning. It was the base. It was Al-Qaeda, the base. It was the, uh, the bringing forth or of the produce of a revelation, a prophecy that has been unfolding ever since. So we got to keep our wit about us here as we look at these things. So against him that bends, let the archer bend his bow. And against him that lifts up in his brigadine. And the word brigadine there in the Hebrew is the coat of mail, all right? So it's this armor, simply talking about the armor. And it says of those who put on their armor, um, lift up against them as well. And spare not the young men, destroy utterly all her host. All right, so this is what God's saying to Babylon, okay? Babylon, America today. Let's see if we fit the bill. Verse four, thus the slain shall fall in the land, of the Chaldeans, of the Americans, and they that are thrust through in her streets. So there's going to be internal strife, internal war. The foreigners are here. The enemies of America are round about her. There's no denying this. It's everywhere. It's true. Just like Israel is surrounded by all of her enemies, so we are. Okay, and there's been a surrounding, and now comes the time of God's judgment that what we have been able to do to stop it is going to fail. Watch how it works. It says in verse 5, uh, for Israel has not been forsaken. Now we're talking in our uh, figurative, symbolic language. Israel, the ecclesia, the church, has not been forsaken. So the true church in the midst of what is coming will not be forsaken, nor Judah of his God, of the Lord of hosts. And though their land was filled with sin against the Holy One of Israel, all right? So we live in a land filled with sin, really harsh biblical sin that draws the wrath of God. There's not a sin that was committed in the Old Testament that does not exist in the sin of where we are today. Every sin that they've committed back then, we have committed, and we've committed it double. And we're doubly accountable because we were known as a Judeo-Christian nation. But the true ecclesia, not the uh, Babylonian um, harlot church, you know, and all of that stuff, the true America has not been abandoned, or the true church has not been abandoned by God. You have not been forsaken. You could trust the Lord in this time of judgment that is coming on the earth. It says in verse 6, Jeremiah 51, 6, flee out of the midst of Babylon and deliver every man his soul. Be not cut off in her iniquity, 
For this is the time of the Lord's vengeance. He will render unto her a recompense. Now, in verse 6, we hear the same exact cry of God telling his people in Revelation chapter 18, Revelation 18, come out of her, my people. But here we are thousands of years earlier, the prophet Jeremiah writing that, there, that Babylon had conquered, you know, and now God was going to bring against Babylon the forces of the medio persian Empire. But that prophecy, this Jeremiah 51 prophecy, is now in the book of Revelation chapter 18, which is way past the medio persian invasion. So we're talking about uh, Babylon keeps rising. It, 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 it is, is dispersed, it's conquered, but it rises again, like Tyre, uh, like Egypt, like other nations around the world. They, they go down, and then they relocate, and, and their attributes, the description of what they are, show up in other parts of the world at different times. Today, America is taking on all the vernacular of Babylon. We have embraced Rome, we have embraced Egypt, we have embraced Babylon, Sodom and Gomorrah. In other words, what we're doing is likened unto those in ancient times, their character, their nature, what they do. So America has embraced all of it as the lead nation in all the world, and that's what makes Babylon fit so carefully. So now flee out of the midst of Babylon, okay? And deliver every man his soul. Be not cut off in her iniquity. Come out of her, lest you be partaker of her sins. Revelation 18. For this is the time of the Lord's vengeance. He will render unto her a recompense. All right, so God is saying that a time of vengeance, a time of recompense, a time of watching this nation blaspheme his holy son, shed the innocent blood, have grotesque conduct in sexual immorality, the promotion and legislation of homosexuality, lesbianism, all these things God has watched Babylon America do. And now he's saying that the time of vengeance is here, and we've already begun to see, and I'm not saying this is new, since 9-11-2001, we have begun to see the unfolding judgments of God. And remember, all judgment initially is intended by God to turn the nation back to him. All right, so when 9-11 happened, we were supposed to turn back to God. We were supposed to confess our sins. We were supposed to repent of our sins and move forward in a much more moral direction. But it didn't last. It lasted about six weeks. And then we know what happened. We turned into most divisive now, today, 20 years later, we're so divided because we've never turned as a nation back to God. So he's coming. It's a time of recompense. And these next years, 20 years of opportunity to turn, we have refused to turn. So comes now the recompense. Verse 7, Babylon America has been a golden cup in the Lord's hand that made all the earth drunken. So Babylon America was a golden cup in the Lord's hand. I'm thinking right now as I could see the Statue of Liberty holding up that torch, that light, right? That it, Babylon America has been a golden cup in the Lord's hand that made all the earth drunken. So out of America, we have exported pornography. Uh, we have exported abortion. Uh, through taxpayer dollars, 
We have exported to the ends of the earth our rock and roll and our Hollywood movies. We are the exporters, and what, what America has been doing for an entire generation is exporting its filth, degradation, corruption, defilement, and all of its rule as the, the global police force all over the world. This is where we've been. This is what we've done. There's no doubt about it. And so they made all the earth drunken. The nations have drunken of her wine. Okay, so all the nations of the earth are drinking out of the golden cup of Babylon, and they're drinking deep. And what happens to them? They have drunken of her wine. Therefore, the nations are mad. And that doesn't mean angry. It's the halal. And what it means is that uh, it's the sound, but usually of color, to shine, uh, clamorously foolish, <clears throat> to rave. You know, they've had these big rave parties across this country. It was all the big rave. Uh, they were boasting. Uh, they're celebrating uh, their ungodliness. They are <clears throat> just in a rage. Uh, they're mad. They're, they're crazy. They're, they're just gone. So the nations of the earth are mad upon the wine of Babylon, America, what America has given them to drink, what America has poured forth, rather than at a time when America once brought forth the gospel of Jesus Christ, sent forth the missionaries, exported godly movies, exported godly things. Well, America has turned from that Judeo-Christian nation, that godly nation, into a nation that exports war, exports corruption, exports greed, exports all the evils that a society can do. We've done it, and we're the head of it. We're the ones pouring it out. So God says in verse 8, Babylon, America, is suddenly fallen and destroyed. So the suddenly is on the way. Now listen, that is so prophetic about the suddenly, and it's really going to be exactly that, but it should not be a suddenly to those of you who are awake, those of you who are seeing, hearing, understanding, watching, being sober, being ready, everything Jesus told disciples to be, that your posture is accurate before the Lord. This should not be a suddenly when it comes, but to this nation, it's going to be a suddenly that is going to do what? It is going to be destroyed. It is going to fall. And therefore, in verse 8, he says, howl for her. Take balm for her pain. A pain is coming to America more than what we've seen. She's a woman in travail. There have been birth pangs, but the worst of those pangs are coming. And they're coming in days. We're talking days and weeks. And by the end of the next five months, I believe we're going to see a whole different country, potentially, Possibly, I believe it's a warning from the Lord. Wake up, pack your bags. Remember, 5781, pack your bags. Anguish, distress, uh, affliction. That's the Hebrew meaning for the number of the year that we are in. We do not follow rabbinical tradition by saying Rosh Hashanah was the new year. It was not in Torah, in the word of God. We are still in the year 5781. It will not be 5782 until April 2nd, 2022. Now, that's why we have that five-month period, because 5782, April 2nd, will be the Shemitah, the beginning of the true Shemitah, which means the release, 
which is exactly what Israel experienced when they were released from the house of bondage uh, in the month Nisan in the spring when they went out of Egypt. There's, there's a type and shadow that we need to pay attention to. 5781, the Hebrew year we're in right now, pack your bags is what it means because of the anguish, tribulation, affliction that is coming. So we're in it. You've got about six months left of this pack your bag year that we are in. He goes on to say that Babylon has suddenly fallen and destroyed. Howl for her, take balm for her pain, if so be she may be healed. But then he goes on in verse 9 to say this. We would have healed Babylon, America. We would like our nation healed, wouldn't you? We would want to bring healing and restoration back to our country. We would have healed Babylon, America, but she is not healed. Why is she not healed? Because she is sick from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet. Isaiah chapter 1, I'd like to read it. Isaiah chapter 1 says it this way, and then we'll get back to uh, Jeremiah. In Isaiah chapter 1, here's what the prophet Isaiah was told to say. And I'm just going to pick it up in verse 4. Isaiah 1.4, a sinful nation, America, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors, they have forsaken the Lord. We certainly have, not all, but the majority, even in the church system, the organized religious church system, many have forsaken the Lord for his desire and what he really wants of us, okay? They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone way backward. Why should you be stricken anymore? Or uh, you will revolt more and more. Your whole head is sick and the whole heart faint. From the sole of the foot, even under the head, there is no soundness in it. But wounds and bruises and putrefying sores, they have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. And the land strangers devour it in your presence. That's all part of the prophecy that we're reading. So what is God saying here? We would have healed Babylon, America. We would have brought healing to it, okay? So we would love to have done in our country, but she's not healed. Forsake her and let us go, everyone, into his own country. For her judgment reaches unto heaven and is lifted up even to the skies. So we read about the judgment of God. We know that God's judgment is on the land. But America has not repented, so it may be healed. America drank more of their iniquity and spread it to the ends of the earth. Even while judgment was in the land, they kept promoting wickedness and evil. And so her judgment has reached unto heaven. America's sin has become so grotesque that we have transvestites, transgender people ruling in our nation, homosexuals, lesbians. Now, we know that they have a reprobate mind. They have a worthless, useless mind concerning the things of God. So the people that are ruling as homosexuals and lesbians and transgender and transvestites and all this wicked, abominable stuff, we know they have no value for our nation. They are corruptors. They are evildoers. They are never going to do anything that's going to promote the cause of Christ. 
and yet we've accepted it, we've tolerated it, we've laughed at it, we've embraced it in so many different ways. So God says, he says this, let us, okay, uh, the Lord has brought forth our righteousness, which is Jesus Christ, he certainly has, come and let us declare in Zion the work of the Lord our God, that's just like an intermission he inserted into the prophecy so that the saints of God would not be overwhelmed and say, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Remember, the true elect of God, the true believer, the true disciple manifesting forth the glory of God, the fruit of the Spirit, they have a dwelling in Christ anywhere in the world, okay? Anywhere in the world, whoever is a true believer is, has a refuge in Jesus Christ, okay? That's very clear. Now, verse 11. Here's what God says to do against America. He said, make bright the arrows, gather the shields. The Lord has raised up the spirit of the kings of the Medes. This is the Islamic empire. He's stirring the ancient kings of Assyria, of Persia. Okay, the media Persian Empire. He's stirring the spirit of the kings of the Medes for his device. All right, the word device there. This is the Lord's device now, his mesmamah. Okay, the purpose, the device, the machination. Okay, uh, the intention, the witty invention. Uh, this is the Lord's device against who? It says here that. The Lord's device, for his device, is against Babylon, America. So God is forming something of a weapon against Babylon, America. Now, we as Christians walk around and say, no weapon formed against me will prosper, and every tongue that rises against me in judgment we condemn. That's if we are in the light of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? That is if we're in covenant with him. We're walking acceptably before him and pleasing him and living before the Lord in a, in a way that is, uh, is right. When God forms a weapon against a nation, I don't care how much that nation tries to resist it, it will not be able to resist it. Would you agree? So the Lord has his devices against Babylon America to destroy it, to destroy it because it is the vengeance of the Lord and the vengeance of his temple. Does God have a right to bring now, after all these years of reaching out in judgment to turn the nation back to him so he could heal it, but they've refused, does God have a right to exact his judgment on this nation, to bring his vengeance upon those who have openly blasphemed his son? Now, the Satanists today are saying, we embrace the blasphemy. We showed it in our church service two weeks ago, how the Satanist wickedness, evil, satanic darkness is rising all over the world. They don't care about this conversation. You think that the Satanists, like, you know, that they care about what I'm saying right now? They don't. They know they are caught into the satanic wind right now, okay? And God's going to bring a vengeance to what's happening in our country, all the stuff with witchcraft and uh, you know, all the evil that has happened in this country against the Lord, the blasphemy against his son. So God is still in control. And he said in verse 12, Jeremiah 51, 12, 
set up the standard upon the walls of Babylon. Make the watch strong. Set up the watchmen. Prepare the ambushes. Oh, do you know what that word in the Hebrew is? Prepare the ambushes. It is the word Arab or Arab. Arab. Prepare the Arabs, the ambushers, the the leers that lie in wait, uh, those that are lurking. In other words, there are Islamic terror cells that have infiltrated the United States of America. Our southern border is open. They have been coming in for years under the Obama administration. They have blended into our society. They are of every color. They are everywhere, almost impossible to distinguish like the wheat and the chaff. They both grow together, and it's hard to tell what is what, okay? So they're here, and they're lying in wait. This is the Arab. This is the Islamic reality. That's our interpretation of what's being said. And then he goes on to say, the Lord has uh, the, prepared the ambushes, for the Lord has both devised and done that which he spoke against the inhabitants of Babylon, America. So God has spoken against this nation. I mean, we're promoting some pretty vile, pretty filthy, pretty wicked, unclean stuff. We're a divided nation. It's all judgment. It's because of our conduct as a nation. We've swallowed the Kool-Aid. We've taken out of the cup of Babylon. We have not only drunk the cup ourselves, but we've passed it off to the nations of the earth. We are mad upon our idols in this nation. We are a wicked, grotesque nation. The best of them in this nation are a briar, only a remnant who really love God and have really separated themselves under the Lord. In the, in the biblical setting of what it means to be a follower of Christ, there are few and far between is the reality. So he goes on in verse 13 and says, O thou that dwellest upon many waters. Well, we dwell upon the Pacific Ocean, the Atlantic Ocean. We've got waters and rivers and rivulets. And, I mean, O thou that dwellest upon many waters, abundant in treasures, Oh, we've got the treasures. Boy, do we have the treasures, man. We've got a lot, right? Even though we're told we're in debt and all that stuff, we just make more money. It doesn't matter. Anyways, are those abundant in treasures? Listen carefully. Your end is come and the measure of your covetousness. So the end of Babylon, America is come. If I were you, I would cross-reference Ezekiel chapter 7. When you're done with this broadcast, go to Ezekiel chapter 7, read it. It is a word to Babylon, America. Now, verse 14. The Lord of hosts has sworn by himself, saying, Surely I will fill you with men as with caterpillars, and they shall lift up a shout against you. What's going on right now with the Afghanistan refugee population coming to the shores of America? What is happening to the open border where only God knows how many people have come up from the south? What is happening from our borders and uh, refugee camps and people flying in from the northeast, southwest into our nation? And only God knows what agenda is in their heart. But God swore that he would fill our land with men like caterpillars. And then what would they do? They would lift up a shout against the nation. They're lifting up a shout. Wow. Verse 15, he has made the earth by his power, 
He has established the world by his wisdom and has stretched out the heavens by his understanding. So in other words, he's showing now in the prophecy the awesomeness and the magnificence of God, who God really is. God is not a figment of our imagination. God is not a Hebrew uh, drama or fairy tale. God is almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, who has a mind, who has eyes, who has a heart, who understands, who sees all things crystal clear. All things are open and naked unto him to whom we have to do. Every thought of man's heart is known to God. Every hair on man's head is numbered by God. There is nothing hid by God. Our God is not an idol. Our God is not a religious little thing. Our God is the living God, and that's what the prophecy is saying. And it says, when he utters his voice in verse 16, there is a multitude of waters in the heavens, and he causes the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He makes lightnings with rain and brings forth the wind out of his treasuries. The winds are ready to blow. How did uh, Jeremiah 51 begin? He's bringing a destroying wind against the nation. Now, it says in verse 17, concerning the men that are ruling things right now in our world and in our nation, every man is brutish. And that word brutish is the ba'ar, and it means he's a burning He's a burning, he's kindled, he's barbarous, stupid, unreceptive, dull-hearted, uh, g- grazed over. I mean, it means to, to kindle, i.e. to consume by fire or eating. In other words, they're good for nothing but the fire. And these are who now? It says here, every man is brutish by his knowledge. So he's got false knowledge. Every founder is confounded by the graven image. For his molten image is falsehood, and there is no breath in them. That's the idol worship. They are vanity, the work of errors. In the time of their visitation, they shall perish. Okay, so he's talking about the foolishness of man in comparison to the wisdom of God Almighty, our Father, who created everything. And man who dwells on the earth as a created being makes idols And God's going, how stupid is that? How stupid is that? That you're taking wisdom of men, knowledge of men, and you're putting it into laws. You're prescribing these woes that are bringing disaster upon the world and upon the nation. How satanic is that? That That's so satanic. Verse 19, the portion of Jacob is not like them, for he is the former of all things, and Israel is the rod of his inheritance. The Lord of hosts is his name. Again, God is basically... Uh, interjecting hope to the true Israel of God, the true ecclesia, the true church, the true people belonging to God. And I want to skip down just for time's sake, because he's just going to, he's just going to go through here. Verse 24, verse 24, Jeremiah 51, 24. I will render unto Babylon, America, and to all the inhabitants of America, all their evil that they have done in Zion, in your sight, saith the Lord. So the infiltration of the evil world and the evil nation that have sought to bring in all their garbage, and in the churches there are those who actually promote 
abortion. They actually promote homosexuality and they actually promote, uh, you know, all these evil things from vaccinations to mask wearing. And they, this is the same people that have capitulated with the global government. Uh, when they said it's okay to murder babies, they actually preached from their pulpit, go ahead and shed innocent blood, you have a right to do so. Or men should love men and women should love women. These are the same Christians, okay, that um, are saying wear your mask and get vaccinated and so on and so forth, predominantly speaking. And so God says that you, the righteous elect of God, you're going to see right before your eyes, this judgment, okay? And verse 25, Jeremiah 51, 25, Behold, I'm against you, O destroying mountain. Babylon is called a destroying mountain, which will help you to understand Revelation chapter 17, when it talks about the seven mountains. There are seven empires. There are seven kingdoms, just like Babylon was a kingdom. So he says, I'm against you, O destroying mountain, saith the Lord, which destroys all the earth. What has America done? We have destroyed the earth with abortion, bloodshed, homosexuality, perversion, corruption, defilement, war. We have done it. There's no doubt we fit the description. So God says, I'm against you. I will stretch out my hand upon you and roll you down from the rocks and will make you a burnt mountain. Get ready. It's coming. And they shall not take of thee a stone for a corner nor a stone for foundations, but you shall be desolate forever, saith the Lord. This has to be fulfilled. Set ye up a standard in the land, blow the trumpet, in verse 27, among the nations, prepare the nations against her, call together against her the kingdoms of Ararat, Mini, and Ashkenaz, appoint a captain against her, cause the horses to come up as the rough caterpillars. Now, in the ancient prophecies in the Middle East, you can see all the surrounding armies coming against Babylon, right? But in our vernacular today, this is the global community coming against the United States of America, the divided nation for her sin. You know, we're really coming against those 80 million anti-vaxxers that our patience is wearing thin with, said the president, or the man they call the president, Joe Biden. So, you know, this is all a, a very real deal. And then he says, he's call, causing them to come up like caterpillars, a global community coming against this nation. He's going to wipe it out. And then prepare against her the nations, with the kings of the Medes, the captains thereof, and all the rulers thereof, and all the land of his dominion. And the land, America, listen carefully, the land shall tremble and sorrow, for every purpose of the Lord shall be performed against Babylon, America, to make the land of Babylon, America, a desolation without an inhabitant. You say, that's a tough word. Why are you so against America? I'm not. God is. God is against the sins of our nation, the nation that knew better than to do what we have done. The church sat back and embraced it. No bueno. No bueno. The voice of the ecclesia that should have been shouting from the rooftops is now cowering in their little churches, afraid to even use the word vaccination. They're afraid that they're going to get on some list. They're afraid to speak up and to speak out and to declare for their love for God, the evil that has come into our nation is an abomination, should never have been allowed. But much of the church embraced it, and others embraced it by shutting their mouths, coming down from their rooftops, closing their door, and going to church every week. 
without saying a word against the wicked evil that has come into our land. So that's just a reality. And it says here, the land will tremble and sorrow. In verse 30, the mighty men of Babylon, the mighty men of America, have forborne to fight. They're going to they're gonna, literally, there's going to be a huge portion of the population that aren't going to fight. They have remained in their holes. They're afraid. Their might has failed. They became as women. They have burned her dwelling places. Her bars are broken. There's no real protection around America. There's no saving grace around America. The saving grace of America was the Lord Jesus Christ. They have asked him to leave and literally flipped him off while he was going and said, get out of here. Okay? So there is no protection in America. The United States of America is a land of unwalled villages. And the judgment that's going to hit this land that we've seen 20 years of preview of, uh, of, of labor pains, it's coming. I believe we're in the time frame. And I believe you're going to see something with your eyes that's going to confirm the word that we're talking about today. And then imagine that the people in this country become like women. Well, two-thirds of them already have become like women. Uh, now, they have burned their dwelling places. Her bars are broken. You saw all this in the flash of 2020. You saw with the potential of, of burning her down, you know, burn the blank down. Well, verse 31, it says, one, most, uh, one host or one post shall run to meet another, one messenger to meet another to show the king of Babylon that his city is taken at one end. Now, I'm going to stop right there. Because I'm running out of time, number one. There's so much more to say in Jeremiah 50 and Jeremiah 51. What are the key points here? What is God saying to our country? He's been saying it for a long time, but remember, Jeremiah prophesied the destruction of Jerusalem uh, for 40 years. Again, it's the time frame. It's the time frame. Something has risen at this moment, and there's an escalation, and we believe that within the next five months, we're going to see that escalation rise. We're hearing many different things. We're watching many different things on many different fronts. No hypersensationalism. You could read this book and know that this country is being judged by God, and now he's turning judgment because the country won't be healed. He's going to turn it over to destruction, to destruction. And if you're thinking of anything else, you need to really read the scriptures, in particularly Ezekiel chapter 13, about the soothsaying prophets who build an untempered wall uh, or build a wall with untempered mortar. They're making it look like we're safe by all their cosmetics, but it's not real. America is not a safe place. And either there is a refuge within this nation to flee to or listen to the admonition again and again and again, and it'll say it. My people, go ye not out of the midst of her. That's verse 45. And deliver ye every man his soul from the fierce anger of the Lord. The sea has come up upon Babylon. She is covered with the multitude of the waves thereof. Waves are coming. It's also the waves of people. It's the terrors by night. Her whole land shall be confounded. The spoiler shall come upon her from the north. 
Oh, there's so much going on in these passages, and it's against our country. It is the prophetic word of the Lord. And just because we claim to have been a Judeo-Christian nation, again, let me say it. Read Hebrews chapter 10, verse 28 to 30. We get a sorer punishment than even if we were under the law of Moses. And the sorer punishment is the death of the people that are dying who don't know the Lord are going into eternal damnation. Uh, there's some pretty horrific things ready to hit this country. The hatred, the enmity, the animosity, the vileness because of the corruption. It's all here. And God is saying, I'm going to destroy the nation. Be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people right now. And don't think for a moment to be at ease in Zion. Make your preparations. Get ready. Nobody here has said, thus saith the Lord, this is when. I know it's going to happen, and so do you. It's already happening. The timing of the destruction, it finally came upon the Babylon in the Old Testament. The Medes and the Persians came and took it overnight, basically. We have been overtaken, but God is going to destroy this land. And you need to be ready for it. And you need to know how to prepare as a wise virgin. You need to know what to do, where to be, who to be with. And uh, we didn't have time to go into our salvation message on the doctrine of demons, the false doctrine of demons about once saved, always saved. That so many people are resting on that. They're resting on that doctrine as surely as they're resting on the doctrine of the false prophets who said peace and safety. There is no peace and safety for a nation for this country. There is not. It's only vulnerable danger. But the same people believe in the other lies. We're going to have to talk about them probably tomorrow. All right, that's it for me. I've run out of time. Pastor Vince, it's been good to be with all of you. We'll see you. Stay the course. Get ready. Be in the strategic place for the Feast of Tabernacles 2021. You're talking five days away now. Strategically be in the right place at the right time. Honor the Lord in his feasts. There is a strategic download. There's going to be an amazing time we're going to be hosting. And I believe we're right on time. And I believe we're going to have an amazing time. So get to Northwest Arkansas if God calls you to it. Come join us. Break bread, fellowship, and meet a lot of saints who are very like-minded about the things that are going on in this world today. Because God has opened their eyes, their hearts, and their understanding, and their ears. There's no famine on our hearing. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, that's it for me. Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. Shalom, shalom, shalom. Right now on Omega Radio, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, there's a roundtable session that calls the saints to maturity. You definitely want to listen. You want to grow up in the Lord. You want to become mature and wise so that you can walk and navigate through these days. Turn right now, omegaradio.org. Listen to broadcast. Omegaradio.org. Listen live. Just hit the button, listen live. And you'll hear a roundtable discussion growing up the people of God. You're going to love it. Till we meet again tomorrow, this is Pastor Vince Shalom. Have a great day.